Welcome to the Healthcare Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. No one knows company culture quite like our guest today, Ginger Hardage, Unstoppable Culture's founder and former senior vice president of culture and communications at Southwest Airlines. She's seen the value in creating an environment that puts people first, nourishes culture, and then activates that culture from the top down. But what are some specific challenges and critical reasons for quality company culture in healthcare? Ginger sat down with us to give us some answers, digging into the similarities between the operating room and the cockpit, how storytelling can create unforgettable moments, and why it's important to engage not only your patients, but your employees in the midst of a trend of physician burnout. Ginger, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm great, Daniel. It's wonderful to be speaking with you today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. We really enjoyed your first episode that just dove into the importance of company culture in a really broad sense and, you know, still digging in on some of those specifics like best practices and principles. But I'm excited to dig into a more specific industry this time, and we're going to be exploring the importance of great company culture in the healthcare space. So in general, why do you feel like maybe of all industries, why do you think healthcare has such an importance um, around company culture and making sure that that is intact so you know things can operate smoothly and efficiently and happily? Well, the healthcare industry more than ever is really focusing on the in- individual and the needs of the individual. And to be able to do that, they have to start further upstream, and there the healthcare industry is really focusing on the uh, healthcare workers and the difference that they can make in the ultimate outcome. The operation may have gone perfectly smoothly and is as it was intended, but if the rest of the experience. Uh, the stay in the hospital, the uh, outpatient uh, work, if all the steps involved in the healthcare industry aren't working uh, like they should be or the individuals aren't delivering uh, exactly the kind of service that their organization would like, there's going to be a misstep. And the healthcare industry more than ever is focused on each interaction uh, that their industry is having with that particular patient to assure it's uh, the utmost and uh, all of those individuals are treated with the utmost respect in every one of those interactions. Well, and that makes sense, too, for an industry like healthcare where, you know, you're trusting something as valuable as your health and sometimes your life in the hands of of physicians, of, you know, plenty of people within the healthcare space. And so you want that interaction to feel human. You don't want it to feel too efficient, right? To the point where maybe it, it feels robotic or cashed in. Like you want your interactions with physicians that maybe you have for years and years to be personal and to really hammer in that idea that, human interaction and um, really great experiences in person are valuable. And, you know, just because something can be efficiently done online doesn't mean that it should be done online. You're exactly right. And so more and more, we're seeing uh, the level of training that's going in uh, to the healthcare industry, not just about the particular technique or their expertise, but also that those human interactions and uh, the power uh, that that can have and the difference that can make. And uh, because people come 
to the healthcare industry for all kinds of reasons. They come for joyous moments in their life, uh, such as having a baby, but they also come at sometimes in the most critical times of their lives. And it's having that understanding um, and meeting those patients where they are and understanding um, their particular needs. And people have so many different ways in which they're coming into a particular practice and why why they're visiting the physician. So it's just being able, like in anything, really focusing on that individual, understanding their needs, and uh, more than anything, is stepping back and equipping our employees with the ability to understand those needs and uh, meet that patient. Uh, where they are. Definitely. So before we continue to dive into the specifics of crafting great company culture within healthcare, I want to actually step back for a second. And I'd like to know from you just in general, when crafting company culture, what is your methodology for ensuring the best principles and best practices for putting together something great? Well, I, I think there are three particular principles that are universal regardless of your industry. And uh, they're putting people first. How do you go about then, number two, nourishing your culture? And number three, how do you go about activating that purpose and that culture within your people? And I'll hit on each of those. Um, If you're putting your people first, one of the things uh, that great organizations realize is all cultures start with hiring. So it's really putting the time in ahead of um, before you bring someone on, taking the time to hire the right kind of people uh, that could join your organization. And uh, my years were spent at Southwest Airlines and there only two percent of the people who apply to work for Southwest are hired. So it's an extreme focus. Um, There's a philosophy, a book and a philosophy um, that I really encourage people to look at. It's hire tough so you can manage easy. So really the principle of spending a lot of time making sure you're bringing the right kind of people into your organization that align with your values of your organization. So hiring tough so you can manage easy. And then number two, about nourishing your culture, there are, um, you know, a culture isn't something that you can turn on and off like a faucet. And so many systems need to be in place to assure that the experience of the employee and that culture is consistent all the way from that hiring to onboarding to their training um, to their delivery of their particular product or customer service, and then all the way to feedback. So just making sure all the mechanisms along the way are put put in place. So an, one example of that, one of the systems would be recognition. So what is really being done um, so that all employees have an opportunity to be recognized by the organization? And then the third thing in terms of activating that purpose or that culture, one of the examples would be how are we using storytelling within our organizations to really model the kind of behavior that we're looking for in our organizations? So here's an example um, from Southwest Airlines again. Every week, the CEO, Gary Kelly, records a message to all employees. He might talk about what's happened the week before, what might be happening in the week ahead, but he consistently ends every message every week with a shout out to an employee. And again, that's a way of storytelling. He's telling a story about possibly um, a story an employee has told him, but very often 
It's a story from a customer, and it's how a customer has made the company aware of something outstanding um, that an employee might have done. So here's a quick example. Um, a customer wrote in and he had gone to uh, ride for a business meeting really late on a Sunday. Uh, the business meeting was early Monday morning, but unfortunately his luggage hadn't had not arrived. So everything doesn't always go per- perfectly, right? So his luggage had not arrived. So the employee the stores were closed. What are we going to do to get this gentleman a business suit? So he looked and he went, you know, you and I are about the same size. Could I loan you my my suit for that meeting? So that's exactly what happened. Uh, the employee loaned uh, his suit to this particular customer. So the customer wrote in about that experience. And that's just the kind of example of giving our employees that kind of autonomy to problem solve when there's not, that's not in a rule book somewhere. You know, offer your own clothes is not in a rule book, Uh, but it's, but it's certainly being creative in helping to solve a problem and uh, creating customer for life. Wow. Well, it sounds like it's a combination of crafting a great culture from the top down, but then also empowering the individual and letting each employee shine and empower them to feel a need to activate that culture. You know, right? You're you're getting all the direction from the top, but then you're also letting the the bottom of the pyramid, the individual employee you know, take some of that responsibility into their own hands. You you hit it exactly because it has to be modeled from the top. And uh, that is the biggest failure oftentimes if leaders are not walking the talk and they are not living the culture and the values of the organization, it will be a toxic organization. And uh, we've seen many examples of that recently in what we're seeing in the headlines about business and the importance of leadership modeling the values of the organization. Because as leaders, how we act always trumps what we say. And I learned that lesson early on uh, at Southwest Airlines. I uh, am part of my or- onboarding, and I was there for 25 years. So this was this was more uh, more than 25 years ago. And Herb Kelleher was the founder, and at that time was the CEO as well of the organization. And I was going to hear him. Part of my onboarding was to go hear him deliver his speech. So I walked into the room expecting, you know, he was already an icon in the business world. So I expected CEO be behind the podium. Oh, no, I walk into the room and here he is serving the food. He has two plates and he's serving the the attendees. Right. I'm like, I love that. What's going on here? (laughs) And quickly realize that uh, not enough people had shown up to serve the food. It needed a little more help getting the food out of the kitchen. So what do I do? I see the CEO serving food. I'm a brand new employee. Oh boy. Yeah. I go grab two plates of food and start helping as well. So again, it's just that reinforcing of how you act always trumps what you say. Herb didn't say, Oh, get in line. Help me here. He didn't, he didn't have to say that. I just immediately 
And any of us as employees would go, oh, that's, I'm going to, the boss is modeling what I should do. And it's a really, it's a great example of servant leadership. And um, we all learned that from Herb Kelleher and the CEO at Southwest Today, Gary Kelly. I see him doing the very same thing and the other leaders at the company as well. And just that importance of uh, servant leadership and knowing that you're always being watched as a leader. Right. And making sure that the practices that you put in place are something that you'd want to see represented from your own employees. Right. It's 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 all boiling down to leading by example, which I think is also really important in the healthcare industry is having leadership that encourages not only ethical practices, but some of those soft skills, right? Making sure to connect with your patients and making sure to make each experience, whether it's a joyful birth or, you know, a a struggle to survive, uh, something meaningful and something that you feel like you are getting the complete attention as a patient. So let's dive into some of those examples of great company culture in healthcare. What are some specific practices that need to go in place in healthcare that don't go into company culture in other industries? Because I know we just broke down the general hard hitters, but are there any specifics in healthcare that make company culture unique in that space? Well, in in a way, um, if I could just draw an analogy between the airline industry and healthcare, and a lot of people may be going, what? I mean, what could those two industries have in common? <laughs> uh, but if you think about it, there's a lot of similarities between the standardization of flying an airplane and performing in the operating room would be an example. So there, in both of those cases, there should not be deviation from standard practices, checklist, extreme training, uh, the safety practices in the uh, standardization between flying a plane and performing in an operating room. Um, but when in, in both of those industries, we have moments for autonomy. And that autonomy comes in when we're having those personal interactions with that patient. And when we have that time to really deliver that particular kind of uh, one-on-one experience and making sure we're addressing the needs of that particular patient. So one example I have that of a healthcare industry Doing that extremely well is with Ardent Healthcare Services. It's um, that organization has about twenty five thousand employees, and one of the things that they talk to their employees about uh, continually is the power of one. And I think that is such uh, an, a great example of every employee, regardless of their role, having the power to change the patient's experience for the better. And they do a lot of storytelling within their organization about when an employee, being that at admissions or being that um, as a nurse in the organization, how the power of one really does give them the ability to uh, make a difference regardless of the role in that particular patient. So one example they share regarding the power of one is about one of their patients who was going undergoing cancer treatment and could not leave the hospital on the day of her wedding. 
So they threw at the hospital, they organized her wedding there in the hospital. Um, a lot of the healthcare professionals got involved and they made it so special for this particular cancer patient who could not leave the hospital and created a memory that um, she will never forget. And um, when you and also think about what it did for those employees to be able to give that special moment back. Um, to one of their patients. So that is the power of one and being able to, again, focus on the difference you can make in a particular patient's life. Wow. I mean, yeah. And that is, I think, going back to that storytelling you were talking about, you know, in in this sense, less of the company crafting internal storytelling, but almost creating that storytelling for their patients, uh, you know, I, customers in general, but in this sense, exactly right, patients and creating a moment that they're going to be able to tell as a story, right? And something that they'll never forget and is going to be ingrained in their memory as in my biggest time of need, this healthcare provider gave me unmatched service and was really there and cared for me on a human level, not just a my duty to this patient, but but caring for the person as a person. Exactly. That's what we're all looking for. And another organization in the healthcare space that does that really well is Baylor Scott and White. And their focus, um, they're one of the largest not-for-profit healthcare organizations in the country with 47,000 employees. So when you are trying to create that kind of consistency and that level of individual effort, being able to use storytelling that models for other employees the kind of behavior that is acceptable, what are the boundaries, and truly going above and beyond and delivering that extraordinary customer care. So that is something that all of us can take away and uh, use in, in our particular organizations as well. Definitely. So what about the power of leadership in healthcare? Um, you know, what are some examples you have of that company culture really being crafted from the top down in a healthcare setting? And why do you think it's so important as well in healthcare to have really, you know, either servant leadership or have um, have leaders in place that are exemplifying, you know, what they want from their employees? Um, well, I think that's universal in all organizations and it's probably even critically important in the healthcare industry because we look to our leaders for how to behave, what are the, the set of behaviors that are going to be endorsed. And um, again, it just goes back to that um, how you act is going to trump what you say. And we are all looking at our leaders uh, to set that kind of tone in our organizations. Any industry can escape. Uh, we all are looking to our leaders to set that tone in our organizations. Yeah, absolutely. So what would be one big tip you would give to leaders and employees and people that just live within the healthcare industry on how to really activate culture within their environment. So whether that is at an emergency room, at a hospital, at a research facility, you know, how, what would be a tip you could give to both the leader and both, you know, the employee to really activate that culture? 
Um, what I would say to leaders is get out of your own particular workspace and be seen among your employees. And the importance of making the rounds, uh, touching as many employees as possible. And it's okay to make it systematic. Um, if that wouldn't be a leader's natural tendency, I've seen some of the best leaders uh, develop that skill by putting that time on their calendar, scheduling that time. I'm My first 30 minutes, I'm going to walk around and visit with as many of my employees as possible, touch as many um, employees on this particular schedule as possible. Or uh, they might try to end their day that way. But the discipline of scheduling that time creates that repeatable habit. And it shows our employees that we really care about them. How is their day going? Uh, getting to know them on a personal level, getting to know something about their career ambitions, something about their family, um, just knowing them, caring about them as a person and recognizing their individual uh, ability to deliver something. I heard one um, CEO of a major healthcare organization talking about meeting a, uh, a nurse at a particular facility and wanting to meet this nurse because he had received so many commendations from patients and was trying to understand why this particular nurse was doing such a great job. And one of the things he found out that that this nurse would sing actually to his patients. He had a talent for singing, so he would share that rare talent. So you and I know that that nurse wasn't hired because they could sing. It was just something they brought, an, um, another talent they brought with them to the particular job. But they used their personality and that uh, uniqueness to brighten the day of their patients. So credit goes to the CEO for recognizing, uh, getting out and about, meeting, meeting those employees, recognizing that particular talent within that particular hospital and then, you know, saying it's okay to use your individual talents, whether it be singing, uh, the gift of empathy, uh, whatever your particular talent is and how you go about um, sharing that with the patients. Well, yeah, I mean, in any way you can engage your employees uh, and have them feel personal um, investment in the company culture, I think that's where you're going to see success, especially because I know in the healthcare industry right now, there is a major issue with physician burnout. Um, you know, a lot of physicians just get, get burned out by the, the difficulty of the task and the pressures put on them. And then, you know, a lot of other issues come through. So it's important that the company culture, you know, wanting to be at your hospital, wanting to be at your primary care facility and feeling empowered there and feeling like you're wanted there is, I think, a, a perfect standard to help keep physician burnout low. Right. And uh, it all goes back to our why. And I think many of us have read of the work of Simon Sinek and about finding your why. And um, the wonderful people in the healthcare industry entered that profession knowing their why and really focusing, going back to the core of why am I doing this every day? Why, why am I, what difference am I trying to make in the world? And keeping that front and center, not only for yourself, but also as a leader, how you are helping that come to life within your employees every day. What is your why of your organization? 
continually focusing on that and being outside of ourselves and what are we trying to do for our patients every day. Completely agreed. Well, Ginger, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and diving into this specific topic of company culture within healthcare. Um, You know, I think with healthcare, issues and challenges are always magnified because you are dealing with people's well-being, people's lives. And so I think the emphasis of great culture is also magnified, you know, making sure that making sure that everyone from the top to the bottom feels empowered to deliver great care, great moments for their patients. So, yeah, I really want to thank you for helping us understand this uh this company culture aspect within healthcare a little better. Well, thank you. At Unstoppable Cultures, that's what we seek to do is help organizations understand. It starts with the leadership and uh, it also starts with bringing in the right kind of people into all of our organizations, giving them the kind of support so they can act like owners in our organizations and really make a difference every day. Absolutely. Well, again, thanks so much for coming on. Daniel, thank you. Enjoyed visiting with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, me too. And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.